Thanks for joining us in the spring of 2022 for the Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, Brother Mark Clements is going to guide us through the books of Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The nation of Israel, while far from perfect, demonstrates for the Bible student God's high standards for his people, how we fail miserably at meeting those standards, and finding grace in Jesus. So grab your copy of the Adult Study Guide or your Bible and study along with Brother Mark. Today's lesson is entitled, The Murmuring of Israel, from Numbers 13, 26 through 29 and 14:6-9. Today's application is, the student will learn that to follow God, one must have faith even when opposition is present. Seeking the Context It seems that part of our shared sinful human condition is the tendency to forget the many blessings we have and to complain about what we do not have. If we stop focusing on God and focus instead on our personal preferences, we are only a few short steps from idolatry. This is why God takes discontentment and murmuring among his children very seriously. Israel learned this lesson the hard way. Several times in the chapters leading up to today's text, Moses recorded the complaints of God's people. Complaining tends to reveal the ugliest parts of the fallen human condition. Complaining begins when people turn their focus inward toward personal comforts or desires. If there is any kind of discomfort, distress, or if others seemingly have it easier, people are naturally inclined to make comparisons and see themselves as oppressed in some manner. What really happens when we complain? When we complain, we assume that we deserve something better than what we are experiencing. Since God sovereignly allows every circumstance that may befall us, when we complain, our protests go all the way to Him since He allowed us to feel discomfort. Complaining is essentially telling God that He has made a mistake and we could do things better than he. This logical conclusion of protesting against God leads to idolatry, so it is no wonder why God takes it so seriously. Israel had a bad habit of complaining against God. They had complained about the quality of water in the wilderness that God had provided, Exodus 15, 22-27. On another occasion, when the Lord observed their behavior, he sent fire down to consume some of them as punishment. Numbers 11, 1 through 3. Some of the people in the camp of Israel were foreigners and reminded the people about the variety of good food available in Egypt. This mixed multitude, Numbers 11, 4, instigated more complaining as they remembered the fish and vegetables they had been accustomed to eating. Once again, God heard the people crying like spoiled children and his anger stirred. Numbers 11, 4 through 10. The Lord caused a wind to blow into the camp, miraculously bringing it with it enough quail to feed everyone. The people gathered enough quail to feast upon, but as they ate it, God brought a plague upon them in punishment for their complaining. Their craving for meat, which led to murmuring against God, brought judgment that killed many. They even named the place Kibroth Hatava, which means Graves of Craving. Numbers 11, 31 through 34. God takes complaining seriously. Even prominent people were guilty of murmuring. Moses' sister Miriam experienced the punishment of God in the form of leprosy because her jealousy of Moses compelled her to speak against him. 
She became angry at Moses because he had taken a wife from Ethiopia, and her anger gave her the occasion to complain to God that she was as prominent a leader as Moses. Again, her complaint was ultimately against God, not Moses, and God promptly punished her for her faithlessness. Numbers 12, 1-16 These three examples of Israel's murmuring demonstrate the human tendency to become inward-focused and forget the power of God to lead, protect, and provide. God knew Israel needed water, so he provided them with water. Even though God worked a miracle in their presence every day with manna that came from heaven, the people became dissatisfied and craved meat, which God provided. God, in his extreme patience, continued to lead them toward the land of Canaan. He told Moses to send 12 spies into the promised land to serve as reconnaissance for their upcoming conquest. God wanted them to see with their own eyes the amazing place they were about to inhabit. They spent 40 days spying out the land, then returned. The future of that generation would depend on whether the spies focused on the obstacles or on the God who overcame obstacles. They could approach their future by trusting in their own abilities or by trusting in God's ability. Today we have the same choice to make. We will go up against opposition. There will be plenty of discomfort as we follow Jesus. As we face dangers and discomfort, we must decide whether we will respond with fear or with faith. What are the dangers of becoming self-centered? Searching the text. Number one, fear focuses on man. Numbers 13, 26 through 29. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. And nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled, and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea, and by the coast of Jordan. I am not terrified of heights, but I probably will never go skydiving. As safe as it might seem, I cannot think of any reward to skydiving that would be worth the risk of enduring the anxiety I am certain it would cause. Every day we must decide whether the rewards we desire are worth the risks to achieve them. If self-preservation or personal comfort become the main motivation for making decisions, we will likely not take many risks. For the children of God, this is where our faith must enter into our decision-making processes. Israel found themselves at a crisis of belief when they contemplated whether to enter the promised land. They were forced to decide whether the rewards were worth the risks. When the twelve Israelite spies returned after forty days in the land of Canaan, they brought with them stories and samples of the great rewards that God wanted to bestow upon them. In addition to pomegranates and figs, they returned with a large cluster of grapes so big that they were forced to carry it on a pole between two men. The spies came back verifying the word of God about the promised land, that surely it floweth with milk and honey. Numbers 13.27 The twelve men confirmed that the land of Canaan would provide everything the nation of Israel would need to thrive. That should have been enough to motivate the people to take the land at once. 
with the help of their great God. Unfortunately, the great rewards God wished to bestow upon them was only half of their message. The other half of their report focused on what they determined were severe risks should they attempt to move forward. The spies reported seeing large, heavily fortified cities. Certainly, the protected cities posed an insurmountable obstacle in the minds of mere nomads wandering in the wilderness. Not only did the cities seem impenetrable, but the people also who lived in them were notoriously dangerous. The spies even saw descendants of Anak, who stood much taller than all other people groups. Caleb and Joshua faithfully attempted to encourage the people to move forward, but the ten other spies embellished upon their tales of the land. They graphically explained that the land would devour them, even claiming they saw the Nephil, which were the pre-flood giants. Genesis 6-4 These ten spies claimed Israel would be as helpless as grasshoppers if they confronted the inhabitants of Canaan. They were overcome with fear at what their eyes saw and refused to consider the possibility that God could bring them into victory. Remember, God had told Moses to send the spies into the land, and he knew the kind of report they would bring. God knew they would give in to fear instead of faith, but he sent them anyway. They were tested to see whether they would focus on the obstacles they could see or on God whom they could not see. God knows we face similar challenges today. Every day we see things which could cause us to fear. The question we must answer is whether we will make decisions based upon what we see with our physical eyes or what we cannot see by faith. Paul reminded the church in Corinth that what we see is temporary, but what we do not see is eternal. We must be careful to look on the things that are unseen. 2 Corinthians 4.18 How can you guard against fearfulness? Number two, Faith focuses on God. Numbers 14, 6 through 9. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. While ten of the twelve spies reacted in fear at what they saw in the land of Canaan, Two spies attempted to calm everyone down with assurance of faith. After the majority gave their consensus, Caleb's conclusion was, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Numbers 13.30 The ten faithless spies responded, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Numbers 13.31 How can two groups of men who made the same reconnaissance tour have such contrasting reactions to what they observed? The answer lies in their faith. Caleb was convinced that since God had brought them to this point and intended to give them the land, they could take it with his help. Jehovah had proven himself to the people many times, showing them he was able to drive out their enemies if they trusted him. When it became evident to Moses, Aaron, Joshua, and Caleb that the ten faithless spies' opinion prevailed among the people, they became distraught themselves. 
Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in desperation as Joshua and Caleb tore their clothes in despair. Their faithful assessment was that the land was good, just as God had said it was. They begged the people to resist making decisions based on fear, choosing rather to respond in faith. The people rejected the faithful request of Joshua and Caleb. Had God not protected them by his glory, the people would have stoned them to death. Numbers 14.10 These two spies determined to keep their focus on God through the eyes of faith, while the rest chose to focus on man through the eyes of fear. When people make decisions out of fear instead of faith, failure is sure to come. Moses begged God to mercifully withhold divine judgment on the congregation, even though God's basis for judgment had solid footing. Verse 11. Israel refused to trust God and their condemnation was justified. The entire generation of unbelieving Israelites, namely people who were 20 years old and above, would die in the wilderness for their unbelief. God promised that their children, the children they fearfully believed would become prey in the new land, would occupy the land flowing with milk and honey. Verse 31. Today, this world and our churches desperately need more people like Joshua and Caleb. Not only did they choose to see the challenge before them through the lens of faith in God, they also spoke prophetically against the common consensus in their stance for the truth. These two men and these men alone experienced God's victory in the promised land while everyone else over 20 years old died in the wilderness. What victories are surrendered due to lack of faith? Setting the application. After this episode, the remaining time of that generation wandering in the wilderness is a tale of heartache, sadness, and defeat. They chose fear over faith, and death was the result. God showed Israel a glimpse of their future, but instead of seeing warfare with their enemies as opportunities for God to demonstrate overwhelming victory, they chose to deny his ability to reign and retreated in fearful complaining. Today, our churches need to look at the world and say, we are well able to overcome it. Numbers 1330. Let us faithfully focus on God and march with him towards certain triumph. What steps will you take to maintain faith in the face of life's challenges? Thanks for listening to another lesson on the Adult Study Guide podcast. We will catch you next week for another lesson in this great quarter. Until then, join us daily on our daily devotional blog at www.bogardpress.org.